94 WIP, the home of what I hope is good public affairs programming. My name's Peter Solomon, and it's conversation here on 94 WIP. I'm pleased to welcome, as always, Bob Newman. He brings us an interesting perspective on all things political from his perspective as a public relations man and a whole lot more. Good morning, Bob Newman. Morning, Peter. How are you? I'm fine. Just when we thought it was safe to take another look at the headlines, Donald Trump's been at it again, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it. Donald Trump and his his band of, uh, you know, I'd like to say thugs, and probably that doesn't start it off well. But, you know, uh, WIP does a lot of sports programming, and, you know, we can make play on the words March Madness, you know, down in uh, – the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, upset Friday night Virginia uh, basketball team. But just while that was happening, only during the minutes where they were filing in to the stadium and afterwards, um, the president notified a porn star he was going to seek two hundred. I mean, I'm sorry, twenty million dollars from her. Uh, but in, and you would think that would be a lot. The Department of Justice filed uh, fired former. Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, uh, hours before his retirement, still while they're in the stadium. And lastly, we learned that Trump campaign data firm from London, Cambridge Analytics, had unauthorized access to over 50 million people's uh, Facebook data. So, you know, I go back to, to Jeb Bush. Why Jeb Bush? Jeb Bush said he would be the chaos president, and he is the chaos president. Turnover in the West Wing and the White House is up to 30 to 40 percent. Daily, you get these ridiculous tweets. The president of the United States, those of you out there who support him, the president is tweeting about Chuck Todd and his sleepy eyes. Okay, He's also tweeting that the rule of law, which was – was endorsed yesterday with the firing of Andrew McCabe. Again, I'm not going to debate that a nonpartisan um, OIG and OPR, uh, Office of uh, of uh, you know Internal Affairs at both the DOJ and the FBI, may not have done the right thing, but the President of the United States, the Commander in Chief, should not be tweeting about this. Um, he, during the week, this past week, amidst other things admitted that he was lying during a meeting with Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of of Canada, and wants to roll into his tweets how good-looking Trudeau is. The same type of personal comment he made after he appointed Larry Kudlow, he called Larry and said, you look very handsome on TV. This is the president of the United States. On the other side, he will not criticize and was forced even to do a small bit Vladimir Putin, um, the leader of Russia who is hacking throughout the world and is killing people as we see in London. Um, He is assembling at this point a wartime cabinet. He is looking for a cabinet that when the special counsel pushes down his indictments, possibly on him and possibly on others close to him and his family, he is looking for those who agree with him and to try and purge those who don't agree with him. 
He is a president of one. He decided to do the tariffs in the last week himself, not with his economic advisor, Gary Cohn, not with others at the White House. He co-opted the Commerce Secretary, 80-plus-year-old Wilbur Ross, and he did it together. He decided he would meet with Kim Jong-un alone. He did not get backing from the State Department, then Secretary Rex Tillerson. He did not work with it on the current and, and who knows how long National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster. He decided alone he would meet with Kim. And lastly, when it became the when it came to firings, he did them alone. He decided when Tillerson was going. I believe he's extremely jealous of President Xi, who uh, eliminated term limits. He talked about those publicly, even though it was in a comedic routine about having that be what the United States does, too. And I believe he's jealous of Vladimir Putin, just as Putin, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, pushes this wave of violence in London. He is talking about the death penalty for drug dealers. Um, He's a president who changes his mind, who had that beautiful, you know, meeting, who talked about a love uh, bill for DACA, and nothing has been done on DACA. He is a president who made fun and disparaged legislators around a table after the tragedy in Parkland, Florida, saying, you play up to the NRA. The NRA knocked on the doors of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, walked in and the president turned his back immediately on the age limit he said he wanted 21 during that meeting he went back to 18 after meeting with the nra the president is being cannibalized by his own very dysfunctional personality and by scandals and destroying uh and destroy his his also desire to just destroy the obama legacy so in wrapping up the, the kind of monologue here, the president should be looking at a gun bill. This country should be ashamed of themselves, Peter. They cried. They did their prayers about Parkland, Florida. But I will tell you, on both sides of the aisle, very little is being done. And despite the fact that a right-wing governor in Florida is supported by the NRA and, and, and other things, Rick Scott at least had the backbone to put a bill into place. Donald Trump believes because he has signed away, you know, so-called bum stocks at this point, that he has done something on his own. No, there is so much more to be done. Otherwise, we will see another tragedy in the next week. He should be working on opiates. He has a... a uh, uh, a presentation on Monday in Manchester, New Hampshire, the place he during the campaign starred in when he talked about and showed uh, how bad uh, drugs uh, and, and opioid deaths were in New Hampshire. But he has heard himself by putting into that bill the, the uh, drug dealer uh, executions, and that's what the press is focusing on. He should be looking at infrastructure and why things happen like they did in Miami, the tragedy where the bridge fell. As a result of this, Peter, down ballot is being destroyed. In the 18th District of Pennsylvania, Connor Lamb won against Rick Saccone. But you know Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to come back and say Rick Saccone was a bad candidate. He did the exact same thing, as we know, in Mississippi. 
world leaders are worried, and and uh, when you have four-star generals like Barry McCaffrey say what they did this week, and let's quote him, reluctantly I've concluded that President Trump is a serious threat to U.S. national security. He is refusing to protect vital U.S. interests from active Russian attacks. It is apparent that he, for some unknown reason, is under the sway of Mr. Putin. So as I passed on to you, we have a list, a long, long list of the characters in this movie that they start with Donald Trump and they go on down. So if we have some time, let's begin going through them and you will see and your uh, and your listeners will see what we've been up against in only the several weeks since you and I have talked. All right. Um, and if I was playing music at this point, I'd play You're a Me Man, Mr. Grinch from the Cal Grinch Stole Christmas because Donald Trump arranged for the firing of the deputy director of the FBI. A mean thing he did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, totally mean-spirited. I understand Andrew McCabe operated during a time in which his wife was uh, was supported by the Democratic Virginia governor uh, during the campaign, where he potentially spoke out against the Republican side. McCabe claims to have always voted on the Republican side. I also, I, mean, I clearly know. Um, that uh, you know the the offices, the OIG at the DOJ, and the OPR at the FBI said he did something wrong. But we are talking about for someone who worked over twenty years, someone who is fifty years old today. Happy birthday, Andrew McCabe! And for for him to have pulled back two days early, this was actually more than just the Grinch. This was Jeff Sessions once again saying, Mr. President, I'll be loyal to you if you back off, you know, me being the next one on the list. And Sessions, who had recused himself from the Russia investigation, made a final decision on McCabe that does tie to the Russian investigation, something I don't understand. McCabe has in-depth notes. We'll hear more about those notes as the as the month goes on, as we do from James Comey on April 17th when he has a book coming out. So Donald Trump has not seen the last of James Comey, of, of Robert Mueller, of James Comey, of Andrew McCabe, and I can guarantee there will be others, including FBI Director Christopher Wray, who won't last through this. Just as a side question, Bob Newman, would you like to be sure. James Comey's publicist for the new book? <laughs> um, you know, the uh, here's what happens. The the high end books always get kept internally by publishers, and so um, I I think what you would what you'll have is just an enormous amount of desire out there for him. So it would actually be an easy book to publicize, not a great challenge. But usually publishers uh, hold those uh, internally, and and I'll actually plead ignorance to you, Peter, and tell you I don't even know who's publishing it. All right. And from your mean one, Mr. Grinch, Lena Horne singing Stormy Weather, because let's talk about Stormy Daniels and Stormy Weather sure coming. You know, I, I, I'm going to make an interesting statement to you. I believe, Peter, 
that the president will not necessarily get nabbed for any type of collusion. I am not sure on obstruction of justice, but I'm going to go on to say that, as we know, Friday was just an enormous moment, okay? What happened on Friday was this. The White House for weeks had blown up, okay? Daily, 4 or 5 o'clock, more trauma, more PTSD for the American public. So John Kelly grabbed the entire staff and brought them to the Roosevelt Room on on Friday morning. This is in the 8 o'clock hour. And actually, the president's, uh, the first lady's, Chief of Staff Lindsey Reynolds looked and said, is this Black Friday? Are we all getting fired? And Kelly made a joke about him and McMaster. But this came during the same hour, okay, the same hour that Stormy Daniels' attorney was on Morning Joe on MSNBC. And that was a bombshell, a bombshell that will only be followed up in potentially the largest watching of 60 Minutes in history next Sunday when Anderson Cooper interviews Stormy Daniels. And what happened on Friday morning is they were ready to go to break, and co-host Mika Brzezinski looked at him and said, said uh, looked at uh, Stormy Daniels, also known as uh, her real name, Stephanie Clifford's attorney, and said, so by the way, um, is, uh, was she threatened? Was she threatened? And, uh, and he said yes. And then Mika went on to say, was she physically threatened? And he said yes. And he said, by the President of the United States, and he said, I will not talk about that. You will hear more about that in the 60 Minutes interview. So the, the moral of the story I'm telling you is, is this. There is Teflon on this president. He does avoid, he does bob and weave. He does even uh, threaten. On Friday, when it came to Stormy Daniels, he tried to move the case to federal court so he could have more control over it. He tried to move it potentially to federal court to get more of a of a mediation. He also sued her for $200 million uh, for, uh, I mean, $20 million, my apologies, for uh, violating the NDA that they had about their affair or about their their sexual dalliance. And um, at that point, uh, we are are looking, A, at legal maneuverings that are going on with Stormy Daniels. We've added this piece that could be so huge of the threat. We're looking at potential violations of campaign finance law by the president's attorney, Michael Cohen, um, at this point. So this has gone far past the sexual dalliance. This is, at this point, not only very serious legally, but the American public will not tolerate it if, in Roy Cohn fashion, the man Donald Trump bowed down to, if he, um, at this point, has Michael Cohen out there doing his dirty work. Michael Cohen, from his personal account, paying $130,000. Michael Cohen potentially threatening Stormy Daniels or other people. So this actually has potential to bring down the president of the United States, okay? The idiocy of tweets every day, no. The ignorance and abuse of foreign leaders like Trudeau and others, no. But listen, the porn star could actually bring him down uh, here. And uh, I, think, I think this is something this White House has to worry about. The President of the United States is furious at Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she actually acknowledged 
the uh, the fact that uh, a mediation had been won there. Now at this point, they're even acknowledging that Donald Trump is involved by having his name within these filings. And as a result, you know that in large part, we have seen the disappearance of the First Lady of the United States. Different than what happened during the, the Clinton administration? Probably. I think the First Lady then was actually shocked by everything she was learning. I am sure that the First Lady now of the United States, who's trying to maintain her regular duties, is not shocked by what uh, she sees and knows has happened here. This affair did happen when um, she had just given birth to uh, to Baron Trump. Well, not only that, though, the latest accusation that the president and Stormy were doing the proverbial mattress mambo after he was inaugurated. Yeah, you know, honestly, that I have not heard. What 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 I've heard is that since he was inaugurated, the threats continued. But but Peter. In these stories, okay, if what you raise is true, nothing surprises me at this point. Um, Stormy Daniels had an in at the White House with Keith Schiller. For your people uh, out there, Keith Schiller was a New York police officer who retired, who became head of security with Trump for up to 20 years. Um, Keith Schiller had since left the White House and has been you know, asked to come in and see Mueller often. Keith Schiller is famously known as the one who delivered Comey's uh, firing while he was out in L.A. over to uh, the FBI in Washington. Um, and uh, Stormy Daniels had her in with Keith Schiller to get to the president. She never uh, spoke with him directly. So he had access in the White House, as did John McEntee. Who is John McEntee? John McEntee was a famous football player over at, at UConn who, who, uh, who had you know, a one-trick play that he became well-known for. Well, Johnny Mack, as he was known, joined the campaign and, along with Keith Schiller, became the body man for the president of the United States. Always there, there with, uh, with pencils, there with paper, there with his cleaning and everything that he needed. Why am I bringing up Johnny Mack in this way? Johnny Mack was escorted off the White House property last week, was fired by John Kelly and told he had to leave without his coat, without his belongings, when they found in the, uh, in the security clearances that Johnny Mack has a problem. He gambles a lot, and he owes a lot of money through online gambling, and as a result, they felt that with the people he owed to, that the president of the United States could be compromised. Well, you know what? It all, Johnny Mack had a soft landing. He got hired by the Trump campaign for 2020. Okay, you can't make this stuff up. It happens every day. You know, you and I know Rob Porter, the staff secretary, the person who uh, handled every bit of executive United States paperwork. Okay, the son of Roger Porter, who worked out in uh, worked for the, for the Bushes, a man who grew up in the Mormon Church and had done missionary work throughout the world. Rob Porter. Rob Porter was escorted off the White House property, the staff secretary, because they found out he had beaten and bloodied girlfriends there. Okay, and and this is the same week where Hope Hicks left the White House. 
Hope Hicks, who had had an affair during the campaign with the married Corey Lewandowski. Well, Hope Hicks was, at, at the time Rob Porter was escorted off the White House, sleeping with Rob Porter, having sex with Rob Porter. And Hope Hicks, who was a smart girl, whose picture was on children's books many years ago when she was small, realized she needed a soft landing. She needed to get out before things were done. She then had one last interview with the Mueller group. And during her interview, she talked about white lies that the president had asked her to do. Hope Hicks also, very close to the president. Think about this. Keith Schiller watched TV with him every night. Johnny Mack also did. Hope Hicks was always in the personal quarters giving him information. And she, too, has left. So the president has had a thinning out of the people. Rob Porter standing next to him, Keith Schiller, Johnny Mack, Hope Hicks, all within the last two weeks. And, and what we end up with is turning on the TV since you and I last talked and seeing five interviews one day with a new character in the movie, a, na a man named Sam Nunberg who worked for the campaign, who literally went on CNN, MSNBC, and other networks probably drunk. Aaron Burnett at CNN said, you really smell like you've been drinking. And here's somebody who is speaking out against the president who had worked for him, who had been fired. You can't make this stuff up. And we haven't even got to Rex Tillerson. No, indeed. And you're listening to Conversation here on 94 WIP, All Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, Bob Newman, a, po a political pundit who's, well, I think he's a political pundit. Got a lot to say about a lot going on in Washington, D.C., the drama that is the Trump administration. My name's Peter Solomon. All right, let's switch gears again. Gina Hapsel, the queen of torture. Okay. Gina, you know, Gina Hapsel actually, and, 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 and you may know I'm, I'm a little tough on the national security area. Um, Gina Hapsel will most likely be confirmed. I mean, one of the things that's said about Gina Hapsel is she took the orders, she put it together the way she did. If you watch the movie Zero Dark Thirty, where people are put into boxes, that's what Gina Hapsel supervised when she was in Thailand, okay? These uh, out-of-country off-sites where after 9-11, when we were fighting the war in Afghanistan, where when we were fighting the war in Iraq, before people went on to Guantanamo, they were brought in. Gina Hapsel's been at the CIA for 20-plus years, and the CIA, after having a number of political directors, actually would probably like her. I think what you'll see during the confirmation hearings is Gina Hapsel will acknowledge what others have said, which is that torture does not work. OK, and that, you know, we tried it during that time that the uh, actionable information that we got at that point, um, you know, wasn't, you know, great that, you know, in the end, if we found bin Laden's driver, it wasn't necessarily through, you know, <coughs> through waterboarding or putting people uh, in boxes um, where they defecated all over themselves, where they were there for, for, for literally 24, 36, 48 hours in, in a box. 
I think what you will what you'll see is a, a, a moderation there. Yeah, she is being put out there by the Democrats as the as the queen of torture. But when it comes to CIA, I'd probably rather have a just like at FBI, I would rather have a career person. You know, Gina Hapsel being like Andrew McCabe, I'd rather have that person than necessarily a politico. Uh, Mike Pompeo is a politico. Um, you know, coming from Congress. Um, and, and he isn't necessarily, I think, the person who should be running a spy agency, but he did uh, build up a great relationship with the president, which you know, got him his nomination for, uh, for Secretary of State. So I, on this one, I think we're, we're going to figure out if it comes, and it's probably going to come down to, I took orders, I didn't necessarily create the program. And they may, may come down to finding that, you know, Gina Hapsel was in charge of one site in Thailand, and not every site in the world, which she's being kind of put out there as, uh, as being responsible um, for. So I, on that one, I, you know, it's a long-term government person rather than necessarily one of these political buffoons out here. She took orders. I think we heard the same thing in Nuremberg with the Nazi trials. Yeah, she, she did take orders, and she did not say she did not say no. And during and after the war, or during the wars, that became the norm um, at that point. And she's going to have to answer to that. And the congressmen are going to have to decide. You know, is she? Um, is she the type of person? Does she have the type of character? Does she have the type of skills? Does she have the type of knowledge? Uh, and will she manage this department in a way that is not consistent with what she will claim was was wartime activity? You know, people who say in wartime things are bad. I agree with you, Peter, that, you know, it becomes a moral decision at that point. You know, Rex Tillerson over the, over the weeks and at times H.R. McMaster have said, you know what, I'm not necessarily going to take the order. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to, uh, to push back on the president. Did Gina Hapsel push back at all? I think that's what we're going to uh, find out. Okay, let's move on from the outer circle to the inner circle, president's family. The first lady really has disappeared, hasn't she? Yeah, the first lady does does you know I think she's done two or three um, two or three um, 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 she's done two or three appearances with the president, but you know outside of that, um, she did cancel herself going to to Davos, Switzerland. She canceled herself. Uh, um, and, and went to the Holocaust Museum at that point. But, yeah, she is um, she's hard to find at this point. Uh, and I think her staff is in protective mode um, and clearly keeping her away from, uh, from the press also. All right. Then there's Jared and Ivanka. Should they be looking for boxes to move back to New York? Yeah, I mean, Jared's security clearance has been totally downgraded. And for somebody who's supposed to be relating to Mexico, someone who's supposed to be doing the Mideast peace process, Jared is um, 
uh, at this point being minimized. I think the question really is, does Kelly go first or does Jared go first? And Jared would have a new life because I think when the president stood out in the stump and said the, uh, that uh, General Kelly is going to make the right decision about Jared's security clearance, um, I, I don't think the president expected that it necessarily was going to be um, the decision that he made, which was to, to, to downgrade it considerably. Um, <clears throat> the Jared wing also is being pretty much minimized. Gary Cohn was a part of that. This is more liberal, more democratic, and uh, and uh, Cohn decided to exit too as the president's national economic advisor after Cohn, what's his name, heard uh, that the president was going to put on tariffs, which was something where Cohn came from. Wall Street and Goldman Sachs was abhorrent uh, to them. Gary Cohn didn't walk away um, despite uh, uh, Jewish groups where he is Jewish uh, criticism after Charlottesville, even though he complained about it and, and the Nazi situation there, he did walk away at this Wall Street time. So Jared and Ivanka are kind of losing their inner circle uh, of of people, and they're also even conflicting with others in the White House that have uh, that that they actually were uh, were friendly with at that point. So I think Ivanka also is realizing that her. Uh, abilities there, um, whether it be about child tax care credits or whether it be about women's issues, are so minimized by the damage of her uh, of her father. Okay, and uh, minimized by the damage of what he has, uh, what he's done uh, in terms of image, and she's compromised every day and has to answer these questions. So. I think, uh, and, and, and we've heard, you know, stories that the President of the United States wants them out, too. I don't know if he wants them out because he thinks they're causing trouble in the administration, as Jared did, as potentially Jared's family has, and as potentially Jared will have with the Mueller investigation, which is really, really key, or if he wants them out because he wants to save them at this point. But, you know, with, with, the, with the Schillers out and John Nicotis out and Hope Hicks out, out, who was very close with Ivanka and Jared and Hope Hicks spokesperson out. I think, you know, they're, they're feeling very lonely at this point, and uh, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if after the school year they head back to New York. I'm also hearing gossip that they miss those good New York liberal parties. Yeah, no, they are not consistent, but he was never consistent either with who he is, okay? He understands that he uh, he has a base that he's playing to, but as I've explained on the show many times, I think Donald Trump was always a Rockefeller Republican who's playing towards the far right wing now to uh, keep up his base, because that 30% is the only thing that actually stands by him. So I think the whole family has, has always been uh, more on the liberal Democratic side, and you can look at it through who their campaign contributions have been. All right. Donald Jr. and the divorce. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's another, it's another um, you know, bad mark on, on the White House. I mean, when's the last time we actually heard something like that happen uh, there? Um, you know, he and his wife uh, were involved several weeks ago when uh, packages were sent uh, to her home that were uh, that appeared to, to, to Vanessa's home that appeared to be uh, something chemical in nature, rushed to the hospital. I think um, 
you know, based on A, who, how he reacted to that, B, the fact that she thinks he's changed considerably, C, you know, his, uh, his going throughout the world, and D, who knows, you know, he may have a little of his dad in him, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I expect that, uh, that she said, I'm going to get out of this thing clean. I'm sure she'll get out of it with a lot of money. She'll get out of it with an NDA, as, as happens here all the time with this family. But I don't expect that. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, again, it's another story that the White House doesn't really want to deal with when they actually should be doing government work, which is less and less and less every day. Um, it's embarrassing for them. Um, these family conflicts, where Melania has gone, where Donald Jr. has gone. And I think what happens is the president then takes right turns and goes after people like, like Sessions, McCabe, or even Rex Tillerson, because he's trying to avoid these stories. What did happen with Rex Tillerson? I remember Donald was all for him when he nominated him for president, Secretary of State. I think Donald thought when he nominated him for Secretary of State that he was a real uh, champion for Russia because he was a friend of Vladimir Putin's, okay? I also think Donald thought that he was out of central casting, and that's where, where he brought in him and Romney, and Romney's always been known as someone who is, who is out of central casting. I think a couple of things happened, okay? I think he not only got in the president's crosshairs, but he got in the State Department's crosshairs too, okay? He got in the president's crosshairs because he supposedly last summer called the president a moron, okay? And that thing, I think, always stuck, okay? The, I don't think the president was ever going to tolerate that, and he just wanted to do this at the right time. The president at that point was debating, you know, IQ, something that the president uses this IQ all the time. He talked about it this week with Ma about Maxine Waters. And so the president, um, I think, always held that, you know, to, to, to himself. The other thing, number two, is I think that the White House, the National Security Council, H.R. McMaster and others co-opted the president himself um, by uh, – I'm not the president, I'm sorry, the secretary of state – by keeping much of the uh, – Jared, too, in terms of negotiations, Ivanka, in terms of uh, her, uh, her trips uh, around the world. Um, but number three, I think, is really, really, really key, okay? Um, there was a hollowing out of the, uh, of the upper level of the State Department. Rex Tillerson was obsessed with budgeting at the State Department, and he brought in a group of four or five, six people and only spoke to them on a, on a daily basis, not necessarily his deputy secretary of state, who's a Washington lawyer, not necessarily the assistant secretaries of state, which most of them in the regions Latin America, Asia, um, you know, other regions were, were have not even been nominated, so they're acting um, assistant secretaries of state. And then the, the level below, the deputy assistant secretary of states were, were itself, um, you know, extremely, um, uh, you know, a lot of jobs open. There are ambassadorships in Saudi Arabia and South Korea that were open. And I think that the the Foreign Service Corps uh, was extremely depressed out there. Many, many, many resignations of high-level people in jobs. And I think that the White House finally realized that, uh, that Rex Tillerson, who had a lot of conflict 
with uh, with uh, his uh, with the president's personnel people uh, and had had loud shouting matches with them. Rex Tillerson originally wanted not a Washington lawyer who had no do- domestic policy, I mean foreign policy experience as his deputy. He wanted somebody who was uh, out of the Reagan administration and then the Bush administration. Elliot Abrams, who had been involved in Iran-Contra during the Reagan administration and eventually showed up in the George W. Bush administration at the National Security Council. He wanted him as his deputy, and uh, they weren't going to have it. There are wings at the White House who didn't want Abrams around, not necessarily because of his problems, but more because of his his beliefs. So at this point, um, it, it, it just became a matter of time. John Kelly was finally told about it. Rex Tillerson was in Africa uh, meeting with uh, African nations and doing an apology tour for the president's you know, uh, comments about Africa, and Rex Tillerson got sick. So Rex Tillerson is literally, this is a true story, he is literally sick on the bathroom toilet, okay? I, I apologize for the view, but he literally is, and John Kelly called him and said, you're going to see a tweet, you better come home. Mm-mm-mm. Certainly not a kind yeah. administration. Oh, no. And, 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 and so, so that is the other point which is so important for our conversation. This is how people are dealt with. So the president has been after the national security uh, pers- uh, head, H.R. McMaster, somebody I worked for when we promoted the book Dereliction of Duty. McMaster has been loud at times and outspoken and even lecturing to the president. And the president really doesn't want to hear it anymore. That's part one. So he got in the president's crosshairs. Part two is, because of of McMaster's demeanor, he actually has gotten the crosshairs of Tillerson, who he he undermined, and also General Kelly, uh, as well as General, um, General Mattis, okay? And they're really looking for what they're calling at the White House a soft landing for H.R. McMaster. He has three stars to raise him to a four star and find a place throughout the world because he still is active duty, whether that be they fired General Nicholson in Afghanistan or whether that be they give him the Army Chief of Staff role, something that actually they've talked about doing with him but General Mattis doesn't necessarily want H.R. McMaster under his, uh, you know, under his uh, wing over there at, uh, at, the, uh, at the Pentagon. So they're trying to figure this one out. The president, according to the Washington Post and Philip Rucker and Ashley Parker, have said they have reporting that says McMaster is gone. McMaster showed up at the meeting on Friday that I talked about, the staff meeting. And they went around the table and everybody said, something you know the the Lindsay Reynolds comment of is this Black Friday and everyone going to get fired and when they went to McMaster on Friday after a joke from Kelly at the beginning saying hey listen you know HR and I are still here um, despite what the Washington Post says McMaster passed and he just went on so he's obviously not happy and such and this comes within a time in which the head of the National Security Council should be briefing the president, educating the president on what's going to happen during his summit with Kim Jong-un, a summit just out of nowhere. You know, a couple of guys from South Korea showed up at the White House and, and got to speak with the president, asked him to do it. He agreed to 
it without the National Security Council figuring out. So on the one hand, I'm talking about personality defects of some of the people here. Hey, we've talked about them with gamblers. We've talked about them with wife beaters. But we're also talking with them about how they're not relating well, whether it be Tillerson at the State Department or McMaster even with the, the other generals. But, but that coincides also with them having to operate on a day-to-day -day basis with an extremely dysfunctional president, one who is, uh, is you know, turning the tide daily and, and, uh, and not necessarily falling in line in terms of uh, following the protocols of a White House, which is to confer with staff before making decisions. All right. Let's go to the media. Anderson Cooper seems like a really Anderson good guy. Cooper's going to be good. He's going to be a star this Sunday. I mean, I'm going to tell you uh, next Sunday. I think this one may be the largest one watched in history. Okay, on the one hand, 60 Minutes, you know, hit the ball out of the park uh, with an inter with Leslie Stahl's interview of Betsy DeVos. And Leslie Stahl, man, yeah, I mean, she'd been there for years and years and years and years. I can tell you a story where 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 so many years ago, uh, you know, uh, my mother knew her in Swampscott, Massachusetts, where she grew up, and Leslie's still on it. And she talked to Betsy DeVos, and Betsy DeVos could not answer basic questions about uh, about that's uh, uh, basic questions about uh, uh, education. Okay, this is at a time where the president is ready to fire his Veterans Affairs Secretary for abusing money. There, a president who is ready to uh, to relieve his Interior Secretary for the same thing. This is at a time where Ben Carson is being scrutinized for spending. Uh, $30,000 on, 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 on furniture. And so 60 Minutes really picked off Betsy DeVos. 60 Minutes will be back in two weeks, okay, uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, with an Anderson Cooper who also works for CNN interview with Stormy Daniels and with her attorney. I think he will end up, what is a really uh, further raising his profile, good guy, you know, strong, uh, has become a strong journalist. Uh, as, as many of your people may know, the son of Gloria Vanderbilt, uh, a great son, too, and, uh, and actually even a comedian, too, as we see on New Year's Eve. So I expect uh, two weeks from now he will do a serious, straightforward interview and try to get to the bottom of this Stormy Daniels situation of, of how she, what happened in the affair, what uh, then, uh, more importantly, what were the payoffs uh, that went on? What have been the communications of recent, if not the dalliances of recent? And lastly, uh, to figure out if it broke campaign finance law or if it broke criminal law. Also makes me wonder about the, the tweets coming to Mondays from now. Yeah, I, I can't. I cannot imagine that the, the White House is not going to try to take his phone away right after that. I, I just can't. I mean, they he he should not and cannot react to this. I mean, what you'll probably see from Michael Cohen is twenty million dollars is going to go up to you know two hundred million, up to up to a billion dollars that Stormy Daniels will uh, will owe at this point based on what they think the NDA is. But I think she wants that thing nullified so that she can tell her story i mean a lot a lot of people will come out and debate the next day is she just trying to she's a porn star uh and a very well regarded well known one not regarded one but 
Um, is she just trying to raise her profile, Peter? And that may be true, but clearly at the same time, outside of what she does for a living, okay, something is going wrong here in how this situation was, deal was dealt with. And I think we won't concentrate so much on what happened with her and Trump. We're going to find out what happened afterwards. And, you know, could this bring a presidency down? Well, probably like a lot of women involved in the Me Too movement, she's cranky. Yeah, cl clearly not. Uh, yeah, not not happy with uh, with how she's she's been dealt with, and and if she's been threatened, that's even worse. That really is. Now, this was consensual, so there is a difference somewhat with the Me Too movement, but uh, but uh, there is no excuse uh, if she was uh, if she was abused at all. One thing the Trump White House seems to me to be doing for economic development is helping the publishing industry between. Know. memoirs from a number of people, book sales are going to go through the roof. Yeah, Sean Spicer has one out at this point, and uh, and the you know the FBI director will have one out. I can't imagine that H.R. McMaster will not write another book at uh, at this point. Um, yeah, it uh, and and usually, Peter, the difference is usually people wait until. The uh, the administration is over. Okay, um, uh, you know, uh, remind me. I'm not having an easy time here. The pres the former president has not has not published his book yet, has he? Uh, Obama. No. no. So no. So that one will come out too at some point because I know he's working on a book, and I don't know if Michelle Michelle will uh, have a book or she does have a book coming out uh, too here. So yeah. The book industry, which is an industry that's been beaten up, beaten up by Amazon, beaten up, losing borders as a chain. The book industry um, will get some shots in the back here. You know, the Michael Wolf book did that before. Um, and uh, and we don't even talk about that. You know, I'll, I'll tell you the funny thing. You know, the, that Sam Nunberg, you know, when he went on TV, I mean, I don't know what was wrong with him there. If it was his meds that he talked about or if it was drinking. But about three or four days later. None of us could remember who he was, okay? Mm -hmm. It's just a new character every day here. You know, we have, we have characters we've been adding in the last week who were involved in Russian discussions, you know, with, with the president, okay? The president actually, Stormy Daniels, his innocent one, the president hired Chuck Harder, who is, or is talking to him about working for him, who's an attorney who dealt with the Hulk Hogan case, um, against um what was that what's the outlet uh that uh that he sued them for for all that money and uh and won um the tabloid outlet and so he is uh the president's now talking to him the president's also talking to a washington lawyer first name emmett uh, i don't recall his last name who was president clinton's um um lawyer in um in during uh during impeachment um by the way, do we do we still have a few moments here? Absolutely. Yeah. So so I want to do something that'll be be uh, be kind of fun here. It would be kind of like apropos of nothing. You know, here are here are some things. Well, I gave you the Lindsay Reynolds one there. You know, uh, where they were sitting around the table and she said, "Is this uh, Black Friday?" Okay. Here's another one. The president talks to a lot of his people, his own personal friends, and he asks them to talk to the media. The leaks out of the White House are coming from the president. 
Okay, that that that's that, that's one. Emmett Flood, by the way, is the name of the attorney who worked for uh, for Clinton on impeachment. Here's another one. Okay, Larry Kudlow, who is up for Gary Cohn's job, you know, had a severe cocaine problem during the 1990s. John Kelly at the meeting on Friday kind of erased it and said, you know, the 90s were a crazy time. Kelly said in that meeting, I think Kudlow won't have any problems with that. Um, you know, we talked about the president and and uh, and tweeting about uh, you know sleepy eyes, uh, Chuck Todd, and we really don't understand. Here's a funny one, okay? The Saudi prince, okay, uh, who has now amassed all his power, he's actually kidnapped his mother for a year and held her away from or two years from the Saudi king because she knew that he was trying to take over the country, which he has done. Um, uh, look at the New Yorker magazine. This uh, week, uh, an absolutely wonderful cover of the president doing a uh, press conference uh, naked uh, on the on the front page. Um, even the New New Yorker is uh, is weighing in on that. The president has here's another one. The president has been interviewing Bill Shine, who was the head of Fox News and relieved of his duties during the time of uh, Bill O'Reilly and all of the Fox um, uh, resignations. Um, Bill Shine was president, uh, co-president at that point of Fox News. He's been interviewing Bill Shine to be his communication director. Okay, next, Mike Flynn showed up Friday night. Remember Crazy Friday Night? Right. He showed up at a fundraiser out on the West Coast. Okay, and he was cheered by the most far right-wing candidate supporters and gave a, a large speech. Was in his his regular suit there. It uh, it can't get any weirder. This is a person who's under investigation, who has been indicted by the special counsel, who's traveling throughout the world doing political fundraisers. Next, um, Peter Hegseth, okay, a former uh, military man who co-hosts Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends on Sunday and Saturday, the weekend Fox and Friends. The president would like him to replace David Shulkin, as the uh, who's a doctor, as the veteran secretary. The president was obsessed with Larry Kudlow when he was on CNBC. The president is obsessed by Peter Hegseth as the VA secretary. It is it, the president is obsessed with TV personalities based on where he uh, where he comes from. Um, here's a name that your your audience should remember: Joe Crowley. In November, if the Democrats win back the House, Joe Crowley, who is a congressman from Queens, Crowley is somebody who um, uh, potentially could unseat Nancy Pelosi as the uh, as the next House Speaker um, there. Um, and, and very possibly Nate Silva, who used to be a sports, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, guy who uh, also does a lot of political polling, and he has really been on top of political polling, and he really does lean the House at this point towards the um, towards the Democrats. Here's something that fl- fl- flew under the radar this week: the banking rules. All the banking rules from uh, from past 2008-9. You know when Lehman Brothers failed and all uh, and out, uh, and after there was a uh, a vote. 67 to 31, a lot of moderate Democrats voted with the Republicans to remove these banking rules. Um, the president of the United States was obsessed this week also on cable TV by Erin Burnett, okay, and, and about stories that she does. This is one who has a voracious appetite, the president, for, for watching, uh, watching uh, this stuff. 
Um, the, you know, something I, I saw this week also is fascinating was that we're going to, the, the country in the next year or two is going to need, or next 10 years, or is going to need almost 170,000 new pilots, okay? And if you want to become a pilot, okay, you actually will be paid initially $100,000, and after a couple of years, you'll make $300,000. That is, I mean, that's the job of the future. Speaking of jobs of the future, Scott Pruitt, uh, despite the fact that he also is un under investigation for the way he spent money, uh, personal money on trips and such with his wife, he is the person who has been lobbying at the White House. The EPA director who is hated by the left has been lobbying to replace Jeff Sessions. Um, you know, at this point, you have an administration, as I said, who has a VA secretary, a HUD secretary, an EPA director, an interior secretary, all who are under investigation for the for the way uh, that they've spent money. Really, um, you know, uh, Madison Mulvaney and ha and, and and Nikki Haley uh, are are some of the only ones who are clean here. With a couple of others flying under the radar, um, the labor secretary um, as well as the agriculture secretary. Um, and uh, and the the new health secretary, but um, the changes could could continue at this White House based on the president being upset at many of these people. They've been brought over to the White House. They've been questioned. This is a president of the United States, Peter, as you well know, has complained about time and time again the swamp of Washington. And it appears as though this swamp didn't end with his administration. It actually got worse. It got worse in terms of what we see uh, with the Mueller investigation. It got worse on the other side with, uh, with how his... Uh, his cabinet people are, uh, are, are are approaching their jobs and, and the finances there. Okay, when the press secretary of the United States says uh, and the president says we're close to the cabinet, we want don't believe them. Okay, this is still going to happen at four or five o'clock or at eight a.m. or five a.m. every morning. You're going to see changes over the next days, weeks, and months. The uh, the circus has uh, has has not ended by any means, and I think it will severely affect uh, the the president and the party. The Republican Party does not know what to do with it, how to approach it for for the fall. If the pre if the Democrats, as Nate Silva talks about, do unseat the Republicans in the House, Peter, um, you at that point will see two years of impeachment investigations, trying to remove the president, and um, this whole battle will become even worse. The president was out on the stump this week. He did say he's running for re-election, and um, it'll be interesting to see if in his own party there are people like Jeff Flake and Mitt Romney and others who stand up to him and may try to run for office uh, in 2020. Um, I think uh, you know the the Republicans are in for many years of of, uh, of a tough side. I don't think they'll lose the Senate. There's two, the Democrats have over 20 seats up. The Republicans have less than 10 seats up uh, in the Senate. Uh, so the president will continue to be able to get in um, his judicial appointments, which go through the Senate. 
but I don't expect that much legislation is going to be able to be done, especially if uh, if the House is, uh, is, is lost. That's why the Republicans are so frustrated now, that these scandals are overriding everything that's going on when actually they may only have less than six months to put in any legislation uh, they want because clearly uh, Speaker Ryan uh, at this point does not look like he will be Speaker Ryan this coming fall. And I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. That still could happen. And if Sonny and Cher used to say, and the beat goes on, thank you, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. It's always exciting and enlightening. Bye-bye. And you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. And it's been another edition of Conversation here on 94 WIP. Stay tuned for WIP Sunday. If not, nothing left to say, but see you soon.